I want to thank all the labor unions here in Dane County that help keep SlyOffice.com up and going so you keep up to date. Whether it be the Madison Firefighters, Local 311, or the Madison Teamsters, Local 695, or our friends at Madison Teachers Incorporated. These are some of the most active local unions who organize, 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 and constantly stand up for workers. Thank you from SlyOffice.com. When you're looking for a new computer or need help with one you already own, call 231-8000 and Madison Computer Works will get things up and running for you. Madison Computer Works, computers that work for you. Welcome to another podcast at SliceOffice.com, brought to you by Madison Teamsters, Local 695, also the Operating Engineers, Local 139. Joining us now, Associate Editor of the Capital Times, John Nichols. Uh, John, yesterday, big White's White House signing on the front lawn of the... White House, uh, big moment. Let me play a little clip here from ABC. It's Cecilia Vega tonight. Yeah. At the White House today, surrounded by lawmakers from both parties, President Biden signing that massive infrastructure bill, a key piece of his economic agenda, and now a campaign promise fulfilled. My message to the American people is this. America's moving again. And your life is going to change for the better. It is a much-needed win in the face of polls showing his approval sinking. Today, the president saying he's focused on what Americans are talking about at the dinner table and showing the country is catching up to other nations. Now, according to the World Economic Forum, we rank 13th in the world. Well, that's about to change. Things are going to turn around in a big way. Because of this law, next year will be the first year in 20 years American infrastructure investment will grow faster than China's. We'll once again have the best roads, bridges, ports, and airports over the next decade. The massive $1.2 trillion plan sets aside $110 billion to repair aging highways and bridges, $39 billion for public transportation, and $65 billion for high-speed Internet. The president describing families struggling to find access. No parent should have to sit in a parking lot at a fast food restaurant again just so their child can use the internet to do their homework. That's over. 32 Republicans voted for the plan. Ohio Senator Rob Portman, a lead negotiator. This is what can happen when Republicans and Democrats decide we're going to work together to get something done. On the other side, moderate Kirsten Cinema of Arizona. This is what it looks like. When elected leaders set aside differences, shut out the noise, and focus on delivering results on the issues that matter most to everyday Americans. Okay, that's enough for her. Uh, (laughs) Now, I give the president all the credit in the world for this, and this is a great, huge moment. But if it were me, uh, I, I know they've got to bring the senators and congressmen to the White House, but... Where were the workers with hard hats? Where were maybe some of the communications workers or the operating engineers or some of the people? Steel workers. What? Yeah, steel workers. Why weren't they standing behind the president? You know, that would have been a good move. They're, I think they were there. I think some of them were there. Uh, because do you notice when he came up and some people started chanting, Joe, Joe, Joe? Uh-huh. You know, that didn't sound like your average senator. <laughs> Uh, Certainly so not no, Christian Cinema. <laughs> no. um, so there may have been, and they did have, and to their credit, they had one worker who came up uh, and and spoke uh, between the vice president and the president, the woman who came up, who was 
who was quite good. Um, so they, they had a little, but I agree with you. I would have done it, you know, I, I, I'm not sure I would have even done it in that, in that setting. I right. moved the signing to a, I'd been, maybe go to the, Ma- maybe go to the Mahoning Valley. Go up to, or, you know, go up to someplace where a bridge fell apart or where a bridge is, you know, in, in trouble. You know what I mean? There's a lot of ways to do it. A lot of places. Oh, uh, that bridge between Covington and Cincinnati is always a good one. Great. Right. Yeah, right. I could have shared Brown out there who I noticed wasn't there uh, or wasn't put up front. Um, and, uh, you know, so, I mean, it was, this was uh, typical. A, a, it was a pretty successful event, so I don't want to pound on it too much. But it was kind of typical of, I think, one of the challenges that you and I have talked about a little bit with Biden um, and the people around him. They're such insiders. They're such D.C. folks. Biden, 36 years in the Senate, eight years as vice president, now president. Um, that they, they kind of think about closing the circle with the people they know, right? You know, the senators, the, the lobbyists, all those folks, rather than, you know, giving it the right image, giving it the picture that you would want. And Now, he's going to go out and do that. I get he's that. He's doing it today. Right, right. And he's, he's up in New Hampshire on a bridge, the Woodstock Bridge, that apparently is really in need of repair, and they'll, he'll do a number of them, and I think that's great. But, you know, I, this is the one that got played live. They actually inter- they interrupted the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, the cable channels, to go to this, right? Um, and so it's the one that's, that, that got the biggest boom. And you might have wanted to, to play it a little differently. Also, I mean, I, I, it's a very interesting dynamic of it uh, that they had, um, obviously, Portman speak, and he wanted to have a Republican up there. That's fine. But to have cinema up there as well was fascinating because did you notice the pattern of applause i didn't that was really fascinating so everybody else comes up and gets you know it was a pretty raucous event you know there's loud applause cheering and stuff like that cinema comes up one hand clapping <laughs> it's portman standing next to him clapping <laughs> that's it it's like you really it's worthy of note because <laughs> the, the, the energy kind of went out of the room uh, very quickly. The Republicans weren't applauding for her, and neither were the Democrats. A very strange person. Uh, speaking of strange, Maria Bartiromo, who's now on Fox, used to be on CNN. I mean, she has gone beyond Trumpkin. I mean, she is, you know, some of their news division is actually legitimate, but she is not. Uh, she is just a ridiculous, ridiculous propagandist. So she had Jim Jordan on this weekend, and here's their take on infrastructure. You're gonna. This is pretty comical. Yeah, you're absolutely right on all of that. Let me bring you back to domestic issues, Congressman, because it just. I had this feeling that there is no regard for taxpayer money at all in this administration. I want to ask you about the infrastructure bill. Before yeah. I get there, we're looking at the graphics, of, uh, this graphic of what's in the infrastructure bill. Joe Biden's expected to uh, sign it into law tomorrow, but your colleagues voted for it. Are they going to lose committee assignments? Yeah. I mean, where is the accountability? Why would your colleagues, 13 Republicans, vote for this bill when there's not a dime in it for the border wall? 
Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I wish they wouldn't have voted for it. Uh, I wish this thing wouldn't have passed because you're right. There is simply no accountability for how we spend taxpayer dollars in, in, the, in the Biden administration. I mean, they're still paying people not to build the wall. They're getting ready to pay people who illegally came into our country uh, $450,000. Uh, and then, of course, we have all the reckless uh, spending that's led to the record inflation. I tell people the real consequences are for American families. You want to buy a home, it's going to cost more. You want to rent an apartment, it's going to cost more. To put food on the table, it costs more. To put gas in your car, it costs more. Uh, a Thanksgiving turkey and Christmas presents are going to cost more because of their crazy economic plan. Their economic plan is really, uh, uh, you know, lock down the economy, spend like crazy, pay people not to work. And the bill that's coming next week, the so-called Build Back Better, they're getting ready to raise your taxes. So for all the people who have been working, you're now going to get a tax increase. Out there. You know, it's my understanding in... Uh the sports world in wrestling that concussions are pervasive uh just wondering if his time here at the university of wisconsin he's still paying for uh, you know it'd be nice to have an excuse um but my sense on jim jordan is that he knows exactly what he's doing um you know there's always there's always a great debate you know whether somebody's addled or um evil mm-hmm um, You'd put the evil I'm category gonna there. With, I'm going to go with evil. Okay. Um, you know, because, Fair enough. Uh, the thing about it is the, the convoluted thing about inflation, right? You know, I mean, it's sort of like, like yeah, it's their, it's their plans, right? And that's what's causing inflation. Well, this plan hasn't been implemented yet, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wish you could do, do the infrastructure immediately, but that's going to take some time. And, of course, that, you know, like basically all the, the economists in the world have said this plan isn't going to cause inflation. It's actually kind of good because it, it, when it's finally implemented, it loosens up the supply lines. It makes, you know, a lot of things flow more easily. When goods and services flow more easily, they usually cost less. Well, I would, I would ask the congressman from Marion, Ohio, if Joe Biden's responsible for inflation in Germany and Canada and Great, Great Britain. <laughs> That's another good question. Why isn't there any pushback on this, this narrative? They're just pounding away on this, and I don't hear anybody pointing out that this is a worldwide phenomenon that is not of Joe Biden's making. Not to mention, Joe Manchin's made it worse because Joe Manchin is the one that keeps repeating that if you help people, it causes inflation. Which is is just a wrong-headed concept. You know, he's a really crappy senator. Crappy senator. But, (laughs) But can I just get one last thing on Jim Jordan? Because, you know, I think it's, it's worthy of note. He's like, he's like, why were you opposed to this infrastructure bill? You know, why are the Republicans voted for it really bad people? Because it doesn't have a dime in it for, you know, building the border wall. Yeah, but it does have billions of dollars in it for building, like, bridges and roads and doing Internet where these congressmen live. And, and you know, there wasn't, it's not like they were along the border and they said, oh, I don't want you know, I'm voting for this, but I'm glad it doesn't have they, They're nowhere near the border. The Republicans who, who voted, along with the Democrats, to pass this thing were, um, the Republicans were primarily from, like, up New England and places like that, New York State. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's, he sets up false uh, Here's my concern, That's, though, kind of in a broader sense. Okay. Rural voters, Republican voters don't seem to care about 
they say, you know, they, they give positive approval to this, you know, on a poll question, but it isn't really what motivates them to vote. Everything that motivates them to vote is about fear and anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the problem with, uh, I mean, I, this is the real challenge and why uh, I think the Biden White House has a messaging problem that, that is severe. And they, they, this is something they got to rethink. Well, this this predates them. They, oh, this predates is them, but it's something that they got to rethink because they're it it's it is going to haunt them in twenty twenty two. I realize it predates. I understand all that, but what I'm telling you is this is really coming to a head. And um, this infrastructure bill is a great piece of legislation. It's going to do monumental stuff. And the problem is, do you think, Sly, that it's going to be remembered? In November of 2022, is it going to be the central issue of the November 2022 nope. election? No. Nope. Are we going to be talking about critical race theory? <laughs> right. You know, well, I mean, uh, so if there's someone more loathsome than Jim Jordan, this guy might come close. Here's another clip from the ridiculous Maria Bartiromo Fox show. And first this morning, we can add economic crisis to the list of foreign policy crises that this administration has engineered in the last 10 months. This week, we learned consumer prices for everything from milk and eggs to gasoline has skyrocketed 11.9% on an annualized basis in the month of October, as millions of workers are dropping out of the workforce because of this bad policy. Everyday items like eggs, bacon, baby food soaring because of all of the free money this administration and the Federal Reserve are serving up. Yet Nancy Pelosi and Bernie Sanders want to spend more of your money and they'll make sure you pay for it with higher taxes. Joining me right now on the spending negotiations and whether we will see a vote on this bill is Texas Senator Ted Cruz. He sits on the Senate Joint Economic Judiciary and Foreign Affairs Committees. Senator, it's always a pleasure to see you. Thanks very much for being here. Maria, good morning. Good to be with you. So we understand Joe Biden will sign the infrastructure uh, bill into law tomorrow. Where does the larger massive spending plan stand now? Well, that spending plan, they're still negotiating. But but I got to tell you, the trillions that are being spent, the trillions in debt that is being racked up, it, it, it is historic and, and, and not in a good way. Uh, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of that television show, that 70s show. It, it, it feels like Joe Biden is Jimmy Carter all over again, and, and we're seeing skyrocketing inflation. We've seen gas lines. We've seen a Middle East crisis. We've seen hostages. We've seen surrender, in this case, in Afghanistan. All of these problems are replicating, and it turns out cause and effect still operates, that when you spend trillions of dollars, you cause inflation. And, and you know what is stunning about that, Maria? Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the rest of the administration, they don't care. You played the clip a moment ago of of Jen Psaki laughing about inflation and saying, well, that's really what we want. Look, they they want you not to be able to fill up gas in your car. They want your electricity bill to be higher. They want your heating bill to be higher. And, and, And the cruelty... Of course, it doesn't impact them. The, the, the Democratic elites will still fly on their private planes everywhere they go. And, and the working people, they just say, let them eat cake. And I doubt that he will. Let them eat cake. You know, it's, it's interesting. Where, where's Ted Cruz from? Uh, I'd be Texas. No, before that. Oh, Canada. Yep. Yesterday, Jason Kenney, the conservative premier of Alberta, who's in big political trouble, is so desperate that... He actually had Justin Trudeau come into Alberta and they signed $10 a day daycare for children. A big government program. 
to make sure that parents in Alberta have daycare. If only they'd done that when Ted was a kid. <laughs> no. uh, it would have been helpful. Gone along with Canadian national health care kid George as a child. Um, you know, it, it, there's so many places to begin with Ted Cruz. I don't know if you saw Saturday Night Live. Where, you know, yes, I did. Very nice, nice uh, representation of him taking on Big Bird, which was his previous, his previous, you know, big cause of the of last week was to attack Sesame Street. Um, but it, be, for promoting vaccinations. Um, but the the weird thing about Cruz on this one is, uh, did I miss something? In the midst of that litany he did, and again, Cruz is a smart guy. He knows what he's doing, right? He says, we, we've got a Middle East crisis and hostages. <laughs> did, did you notice that in the midst of Yeah, it? I didn't. I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, I mean... Did I miss? I actually thought like sort of a you know a hostage kind of situation was resolved yesterday when Bill Richardson got that kid out of or the young man Myanmar, out of, yeah, uh, Myanmar. Um, I, I'm not so conscious of the of this, but you see, I think that's Ted Cruz's, and I hate to say this, but quotations of Mark marks around it. Genius, you know, he goes on Fox where he knows he's not going to be challenged, and then he he throws one of those out, he spews out all these words. And amidst it are like flat-out lies, right? I mean, just things that could easily be challenged by anybody listening uh, who did it. But if they're not challenged, they start to lock in, right? You know, people, there's people who think, yeah, yeah, and, you know, and my list of problems with Biden, you know, it's, uh, it's critical race theory, uh, hostage crisis. <laughs> you know, you're like, what? Well, let's remember. It was Dane, Wisconsin, that Ted Cruz went after Donald Trump with yeah. both barrels. I was there. Calling him a liar. Were you there? I was physically present. <laughs> I hope you went home and took a shower. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so anyway, you know, it's just ironic that he is uh, emulating everything horrible about Donald Trump. We'll take a break. John Nichols from the Capital Times and the Nation with us at SlyesOffice.com. Similar to a well-tuned automobile, a guitar requires the same level of attention to perform at its very best. No matter how expensive your guitar may be, we will treat you and your instrument with the utmost respect. Call 920-723-1733 or visit JeffsGuitar.com. Jeff's Guitar Clinic in Ford Atkinson, we love guitars. The attorneys at Jingris, Thompson & Walks have had the honor of receiving numerous awards for their work both in and outside the courtroom. But just as important as receiving accolades for being skilled attorneys, it's equally important to give back to the community in which they live and work. If you want a personal attorney that can help you in so many different areas, they've got them. They're in Eau Claire, Madison, Milwaukee, and Waukesha. They're easy to reach. GTWlawyers.com. That's GTWlawyers.com. We're back at SliceOffice.com, brought to you by Madison Computer Works. Also, Jeff's Guitar Clinic. Joining us again, John Nichols from the Capital Times and The Nation. Uh, so, first of all, I hope you enjoyed those clips from Maria Bartiromo and, and Fox, because I had to sit and watch that. You know, and I don't get a chance to see her as much as I obviously should. Oh, she's looking a little rough. Oh, that's neat. I think she's fine. I, I'm sure of that. Um, I remember the days. Do you remember, not to 
deviate too much from subject matter. Um, I remember when Joey Ramone was a huge fan. He actually wrote a, Joey Ramone of the Ramones wrote a song about her stock tips. <laughs> you know, when she was on, when she was doing financial reporting, and he was sort of, you know, enamored of her. And Joey Ramone was actually cool. So there, once upon a time, Maria Bartiromo was cool too. That's not even his real last name. All right, so. Right. <laughs> when you take the name Ramon, you become a Ramon. All right, so uh, as long as we're talking about hustlers here. Uh, yesterday, Steve Bannon was in all his glory. He got to put on a little show. Uh, here's a little clip of former White House advisor, former Breitbart editor, uh Convicted criminal, Steve Bannon. The attack. This is going to be the misdemeanor from hell for Merrick Garland, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden. Joe Biden ordered Merrick Garland to prosecute me from the White House long. If the administrative state wants to take me on, bring it. Because we're here to fight this. You stand by. You see how we're going to go on offense. It is outrageous that a criminal charge was brought in this case. He was instructed by his attorney not to show up in Congress. A lay person has to follow his attorney's uh, has to follow his attorney's advice. In my view, at least. Uh, that's his attorney, who at one time defended Donald Trump during one of the many impeachments. I, I've lost what track a, of them all. Yeah. What a shock that an attorney would say that you know you should follow the advice of your lawyer. Mm-hmm. That was a relevant clip. Okay. So what do you make of all this? Mm. Well, um, Bannon would like to be the Ollie North of this moment. And that's a reference for folks who've been around a little bit. But um, remember, back in the 80s, if folks can go back that far, Ronald Reagan was in a heap of trouble because they, had, you know, they did the arms for hostages thing, and it was, there was drugs involved, and it was a disaster, and Ollie North was at the center of it. And um, they bring him up to testify, and he gives this sort of, you know, bombastic, over-the-top performance. And it's one of the first great moments, not great in a good way, um, where you saw somebody sort of bluster their way through and become a hero, at least to their, to one side of the political divide. And Bannon is, is clearly seeing this moment as his opportunity to go big, right? He's... He's clearly enjoying the theater of it. He's embracing it. And uh, it is a question of whether the committee that's going after him and, and, and ultimately perhaps the courts uh, are, are willing to, to meet his bluster, right, to, to be as strong as he is. If they're not, right, if they don't, if they don't press this thing and hold him to account, um, he'll win this. He'll win this moment. And if he wins this moment, quote-unquote, again, win, um, that's, that's a very, very bad sign because it really is the beginning of a point where Congress, which is already so diminished as an oversight agency, as an oversight uh, power, um, could be, you know, it just becomes dramatically more marginalized. And it all fits into... Uh, you know, a sort of Trumpian image of the Uber presidency. Now, obviously not, they don't want Biden to have an Uber presidency, but, you know, this kind of image and this approach that they're developing is a really dangerous one. So it becomes very vital for the, the Democrats and Liz Cheney on that, on that committee to press this thing as 
as aggressively as they can and to be bold about it. Don't be apologetic. Don't be bureaucratic. Push back on him as hard as he is pushing. So everyone's talking about how they're going to be kind of quiet in the next few months working on this diligently behind the scenes. It kind of seems like that's that's the politics of yesterday. You don't hand somebody a platform. Right. right? Yeah, you don't hand somebody a, a podium, right, and a microphone and hook it up to a, you know, a KISS Army uh, amplifier stack and say, <laughs> um, go for it. And then you say, I'll be over here. I'll be over here in the soundproof room. You know, it's, it's crazy. It, it's not the way to do this. And you see, Bannon, whether you like him or not, I wrote in a couple of my books I've written about him, but I did a chapter on him in, in, my, in the book I did on all of Trump's people. And spent a lot of time looking at the guy. Spent a lot of time examining how he does stuff. And he is, you like him or dislike him, uh, he's very smart. And his area of specialty is communications. It's, it's what he's good at. A lot of people think, well, Trump was really kind of a master of social media. No, he wasn't. Trump was a, you know, kind of a second-rate reality TV star. Bannon was the master of social media and a lot of communications. He attached that to Trump. And it, and it worked very well for Trump, whether you like, again, whether you like Trump or not. Um, and, and so... Something tells me a lot of my podcast listeners aren't big fans of Trump. I don't think so, but I always say that. You know. Some of my radio listeners are, but that's a different story. Okay, so here's uh, Jonathan Carl talking about Bannon. Jonathan Carl from ABC News. In court today, John. Well, he's enjoying every minute of this. This is uh, his chance to play the martyr for Trump. And I, I, but it's, I think it's important to take a step back. Uh, you know, Bannon, of course, uh, on January 5th, uh, talked about how all hell was going to break loose and it was game day the next day. Uh, the question that the committee needs to get at is, was he simply lobbying for a pardon or was he actually part of the planning of what was going on? I mean, it may well be uh, that he was lobbying for a pardon. Brian, he was facing jail time for committing fraud, for committing fraud by fleecing Trump supporters, for profiting on Trump supporters in a fraudulent scheme regarding the wall. And somehow he managed to get a pardon on January 20th, Trump's final hours in office. Uh, clearly, he was willing to do anything he could possibly do to please that man because it was the difference between going to jail or not going to jail. All right. Did Jonathan Carl forget that Donald Trump was fleecing his own supporters during that time period? Do you remember the fundraising scheme yeah, where they basically like, set yeah, up automatic donations? Absolutely. You know, we got to have your three dollars. I see him on Trump's list because I get you know all of them from all the politicians, and and it was like this thing that was really, really creepy because it it is the messages that would come through. It, have have you forgotten? You know, have you abandoned President Trump? Right, it was this kind of like like thing, really appealing to emotions, and then it says, "We need your three dollars now." And if you click it, you're gonna, you know, pay more and more forever. And so, look, both Trump and Bannon are hucksters, right? They're grifters who, you know, figured out that politics is a better grift than than some of the other things they've been involved in. And um, and you know, there's always this takes one to know one sort of situation, but um, they have a symbiotic relationship, and and I have always believed that Bannon clearly, as Jonathan Carl describes, and it's, it's a fair assessment, needed Trump in that point, because Bannon was in a lot of trouble for criminal activity, 
Um, but Trump also needs Bannon. Most of the people around Trump, uh, for, because of Trump's own severe weakness as an individual, are doofuses, right? Fools. Bumbling fools. I mean, you, you, the guy was relying on Rudy Giuliani at the you know, Four Seasons you know, landscaping. Um, and, and so it, this is a real problem. Bannon isn't a fool, though. Uh, Bannon's good at what he does, again, whether you like him or not. And, um, and so uh, I think that, that they bonded on this January 6th thing. I would disagree with Carl a tiny bit and suggest that um, Trump, yeah, he, he Bannon wanted the pardon, Trump gave him the pardon. But Trump also wanted Bannon back in the game. And, um, and I think this is the, the circumstance we're at now. Bannon has been called by the investigatory committee, the congressional committee, good. It's right to call him. Uh, but you don't call somebody and then say, well, now we're going to go off and do other things. No, you aggressively pursue this and aggressively pursue it with a sense of urgency. And your goal isn't to get Bannon, right? It's ultimately to get Trump, right? It's to get Trump before that committee. And, of course, he'll refuse to come and blah, blah, blah. But you need to raise this, this attention level to the point where it belongs, because uh, that's where you begin to tie all these pieces together. Well, of course, we have, the, we have the audio coming from Carl's book, uh, where, yeah. where Trump basically defends people chanting, hang Mike Pence. Oh, yeah, there's that. I mean, look, there's a lot coming out about Trump. And again, this is sort of the challenge at the moment. Well, Corey Lewandowski kind of let the cat out of the bag yesterday. Did you well, see you that? Did you see what he said? No, to what he said. He said that, that Trump knew he lost. Trump knew he yeah, he I just wanted to muddy the waters so he wouldn't get pinned for the, the blame of losing. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and also, um, you know, because he can raise money. Right. Keep himself things. alive. No doubt. There's also you know, the other revelations that, that have come out in the last few days is the details of Trump. It is a totally separate thing, right? Trump pressuring the CDC. Um as regards COVID. And, you know, look, that, you want to talk about something criminal. President of the United States, in the midst of a pandemic, uh, trying to, you know, create a false impression of the danger of that pandemic to undermine the efforts to respond to it. This is unbelievably bad stuff. And um, one of the challenges, in, and it's almost like the theme of our conversation today, is do the Democrats know how to communicate? Right? Uh, because as this stuff comes out about Trump, you know, certainly everybody who, like you, is sitting there, you know, like taping stuff off MSNBC and CNN and, you know, all the other channels, you know about all this. It's part of my job. I cover a lot of this, so I do. And the listeners to this podcast are probably, you know, some of the most informed people you will meet anywhere in America. So, so that, everybody's fine there. But you are the great mass of Americans. Uh, well, it's hard to communicate with people en masse anymore because the market is so fragmented and people are siloed watching Maria Bartiromo. I agree with you, but that then you have to say, well, who's got the platforms, right? President of the United States, the people running this committee, you know, folks like that. Um, they've got to use their platforms effectively because then that does go out, you know, via all those different platforms and all the, all the rest of the media. Um, if they don't, I guarantee you, Donald Trump and Steve Bannon will. They will use they will use their opportunities. And if they spin this thing as you know everything that's coming out about Trump 
everything that's coming out about January 6th, it's all just a, a Democratic plot to discredit Trump and, and the people around him. Uh, obviously, you won't believe that. I won't believe that. Probably a lot of Americans won't believe that. But their base, which they did tremendously at turning out on November 2nd, and which they will do tremendously at turning out in November of 2022, their base will believe that. You know, I hate to say something nice about Bill Clinton, but Bill Clinton did know how to play this game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? It, it, you know, it takes a crook to deal with other crooks. Well, I mean, I, I, I certainly won't uh, disagree with the, the description. Um, but, look, it, the, he wasn't... He's a, not as big a crook as Trump, mind you, but okay, he's a crook. -crook. Yeah. I tell you, a non-crook who knew how to do this, somebody who's really good at it, Franklin Roosevelt. Franklin Roosevelt. When he's, he's up there, like, right before the 1936 election when he won the largest landslide in history. And he said, uh, the bankers and all their buddies, they, they despise me. I welcome their hatred, right? He was right in their face. And, and he knew how to, you know, set up a villain, be it Herbert Hoover or, you know, Wall Street or whatever, and to go right after him. Well, here's the sad thing about America and how it's changed since the Depression. Um, it kind of seems like people aren't really looking out for one another anymore. And I, 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 I just look at the conservative Trump base, and they don't care about other people that are part of their own part of their own movement that get ripped off by Trump or by Bannon. N nobody's looking out for no, they don't. But even by themselves, I don't know if they have Stockholm syndrome, but there doesn't appear to be any sort of. And, the, you know, you could say the same thing about people getting vaccinated in the pandemic. Now, that I mean. Even when their friends die, they say, oh, that's my right. It's, 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 they're more interested in hating, right? Right. Than they are in learning or in, you know, benefiting, right? And this is a, it's a really, really deeply troubled circumstance. This is, you know, psychologists actually work on people who have this problem, right? You know, it's. Is that you can't get beyond your your you know your anger, your sense of you know somehow you're being cheated or you're being harmed. Well, I'm and gonna I'm gonna say this, and I've been part of I've been part of the entertainment industry and doing talk radio in all these years. The damage my industry has done to this country in bringing out the absolute worst people in people is incalculable. I'm not saying that I'm responsible as others, although I take I take my share of blame for it. Your harm along the, the way, right? There, there is a huge amount of damage that's been done um, by the the constant entertainment of ginning up people to be angry with one another. One final clip before we're done today, John. I, I think I kind of stunned you when I said that, but it's the I, truth. I give you credit for. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm still kind of stunned by the notion that what you've done is entertainment. <laughs> Oh, come on now. It is. I'm teasing. You enjoyed every moment of Ed Sidlowski screaming douche nozzle at Scott Walker at that big at that big event in Chicago years ago. I thought of that as news gathering. <laughs> yeah, news gathering. All right, here's uh here's Chris Christie, one of the most cynical people on earth. Lights on twenty twenty four.
You made Trump really mad last week. I did. You called on Republicans to stop wasting time talking about the 2020 election. He's already punching back with insults about your time as New Jersey governor. Mm -hmm. um, you've been his friend for years, although I don't really understand no. that. <laughs> Why turn on him now? I've always been about the truth. <laughs> Good, right up to that last line. <laughs> Uh, I got. Yeah. Hey, John, I got a bridge to sell you. I know. I've always said about the truth. Mm. I, you know, I think there's some New Jerseyans who might might question that. Um, look, Chris Christie is, in fact, the most cynical player in the world. And give him credit, right? He's revitalized him, so he's getting everybody's paying attention to him um, because these these very cynical Republicans have figured out a scam. And Liz Cheney's one of these. You know, they have figured out that they go along with Trump for years, they support him in all his elections, they, you know, facilitate him. Even before Trump was around, they were doing horrible stuff and, you know, wars, rip-offs, the whole bit. And then they, what they figure out is, oh, if I, quote-unquote, flip, right, then CNN will give me an hour, right? I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm well. suddenly back in the game. And the, the problem with this is, not to have a, a whole perspective on, on who these people are. I've actually evolved to giving Liz Cheney a measure of credit because she's stuck to this thing, and, and she, is, she seems to really be determined to hold Trump to account for, for whatever reason. And I, I'll give her some measure of credit there. But with Christie, you know, I think what you've got going on here is a guy who is betting, and I don't happen to think he's right, but he's betting that the Republican Party is going to recognize that, that they need something other than Trump, you know, going forward, and that somehow he might still be a part of that. Well, the chances of that are minimal. John well, you know that, can I just give you one last quick thing? I know we're about to finish. Um, you know, that, that there but for Jared Kushner, Chris Christie would have been Trump's vice president. Think about that one. And then it would have been Chris Christie uh, up there on January 6th. Hmm. Wonder if he would have called Dan Quayle. <laughs> John Nichols from the Capital Times and the Nation. Thanks for coming on Sly's Office. Total pleasure. Sly'sOffice.com. Thanks a million. Bye bye.